Welcome to the Mindful Career Transitions Podcast. This is the show for you if you've had success in your current career, yet you feel like there must be a more fulfilling way to spend your day. Listen in as we share wisdom, career change tips, and expertise on making a mindful transition to a fulfilling and meaningful career. Here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello and welcome back to all our wonderful listeners out there today. I'm really excited to introduce you to actually my first South African guest. I've been interviewing many people from the States and from the UK and even Europe. And so I'm really delighted to introduce you today to somebody from my very own country. So let me share with you a little bit about her. Her name is Sue Schroeder and she's an internationally accredited professional and consciousness coach facilitator and people development consultant who's very passionate about life, personal fulfillment and making a positive contribution to the world. She works with a a diverse client base from a variety of industries and engages in both individual and group scenarios, journeying with them to embrace challenges they face and sustainably achieve identified and purposeful goals. Sue majored in psychology and marketing, that's an interesting combination, and she was a trainer or is a trainer of the Vital Smarts and World's View suite of products. She has over 20 years local here in South Africa and international working experience and held positions within leadership and people development, employee engagement, marketing and communication, event and project management as well as the coaching and facilitation space. So you can hear that she's had many, many career transitions or different roles in companies, and so I'm very excited to speak with her about our topic today. She's run her own business since 2011. She puts into action her philosophy of healthy body, mind, and soul. And that sounds to me like something we need to talk about, some of that work-life balance. So we're going to talk about that partly today. She embraces each day, relishing every moment with her husband and three kids, and creates time. Here's the important thing, to enjoy activities that inspire and energizes her. So Sue, very welcome. I'm so, so excited to speak with a South African person. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. And it's so good to be part of your podcast. Wow, we thanks, Lisa. Thank you. And I can't wait to start with our um, wonderful conversation. I know you're going to share really wonderful um, empowering information for people in careers and wanting to make a transition. So first of all, I'd love to invite you to share a little bit about the journey you took to get here. You know, we're going to talk about work-life balance and careers and making transitions and mindfulness. And I know that you didn't have all this information when you started out. So please share with us some highlights or maybe a whole moments that led you to this place where you are. Hmm. Okay. So, um, as you read through my bio, my my absolute passion is really just to work with people. So I've never really had a role where I've sat behind a desk all on my own. It's not part of who I am. And um, I guess just having the opportunity of organizing, experiencing, observing people, their growth, their transformation, the challenges that they face. Um, I'd always just been inspired to step into coaching and facilitation and rather than coordinate the initiatives, be part of the rollout of the initiatives. And I guess through my own career, just kind of dabbled in a little bit of this and of that, which all really adds value. When you look back retrospectively, even at the time, 
you kind of think, oh, you know, I just wish that I had something else or maybe I'm not as fulfilled or I feel a little bit de-energized or I was really excited about this a few years ago and it's just kind of I've done my thing, I'm reaching a comfort zone now, so I'm not feeling challenged or inspired at all. And um, really just found that after two or three iterations of that experience, um, where I really felt that I wasn't contributing as much as I possibly could to the career that I'd chosen at that particular time, really believed that it was time for me to make that shift to fully utilize that coaching, um, particularly the coaching space. And um, had to overcome quite a lot of obstacles myself, um, you know, all the kind of conversations that one would typically have, um, oh, what if it doesn't work out, what if I'm not going to be a success, what if I'm not going to be good enough, and you know, those thoughts can become so debilitating, and you've just got to learn to get over them and own them, because if you don't, they're going to own you. And um, so part of that journey was in identifying my true purpose, what it is that I really want to be involved in, what's going to inspire me and get me up energized every single morning, how does it relate to my values and who I choose to be as a person, um, and that I really was able to explore through the um, journey I did was conscious coaching in actually becoming an internationally accredited coach. Um, so I thought it was all about learning to coach others. And I was rudely awakened by the fact that a lot of the journey, in fact, 80, 80% of the journey is really just getting to be more aware of who you are and who I am. And um, that was a big mind shift for me. Um, and I think just getting rid of all those obstacles, whether it was conversations, beliefs, skills, um, that I needed in order for me to grow and learn in a place that I really wanted to. Um, without that happening, it was never ever possible for me to step into that zone, something completely different. Of course, the challenges of now, you know, going on your own, um, you know, financial time, all those conversations that you have, you just learn to address them and make them become what you want. And all of a sudden, Things just happen and um, opportunities come your way that you never thought would have been possible. Um, networks expand and you kind of go, wow, <laughs> where did that all come from? Um, just from having made the decision that that's exactly what I wanted and how I choose to make a difference. And so that's really what I've learned in a nutshell. Mm, I love that. And a few things actually stand out for me that I maybe – um, if you can expand maybe a few sentences on that, is the one that stand, stood out for me a, a minute ago is what you said about it started with a commitment yes. that I wanted to be somewhere else. And then you were also talking a lot about your own inner journey. And I want to relate that for our listeners to making a career change is it's not about the the job. It's not about the outside thing. But what I heard from you is it's more the inner journey, discovering who we are and what we're good with good with and our values and what's important to us absolutely so let me just start with um that commitment so that for me is something that's absolutely fundamental to making sure that anything anything new and anything you want to change becomes a reality so for me just even before commitment happens just that absolute sense of certainty and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent clear but really something that excites and inspires um, me, you, another person to what it is that they really want to be involved in. What is it that they want to be doing? Is it that they want to change lives? Is it one that they want to be um, creating innovative um, interventions to 
motivate businesses or whatever it might be, but that absolute clarity in what it is that you want to see, like that vision almost, is so is so important because if I don't have that picture of what it would be like, chances are I could end up anywhere. So that for me is just the first um, step there. And then the second point is that sense of commitment. So for me, if I'm not committed to making sure that I do or things happen in order for me to make sure that that vision or that picture becomes something real, chances are I'm always going to find excuses. I'm always going to find a back door. There's always going to be a second plan or, you know, things are going to step in my way that are going to go, maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. So, you know, and in our conscious coaching practice, one of the most fundamental principles of it is about 100% commitment because until I'm committed, there's hesitancy and trance to draw back, which are the famous words of W.H. Murray. I'm not too sure of, of if you know of any of his work. So mm. that commitment is just absolutely imperative. And with that commitment, then, you you know, you sort of step into saying, okay, so what decisions do I need to take? What changes do I need to make? And that in itself holds responsibility for me and for another because it's only me that can make it happen. <laughs> and until I'm committed, that sense of responsibility is just not even possible. Um, and because, and when I'm taking responsibility, when I know what needs to happen and when I'm committed to making it happen, it's just incredible how much energy is directed towards that and how focused I can become in making sure that it becomes real, even if some of those things may be so uncomfortable, it doesn't matter if you've got that clarity and that commitment and that responsibility hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that for me is, is the big one around um, commitment. And, um, you know, as, as I said earlier, just overcoming some obstacles. If I'm not committed, if I don't choose to take responsibility, it's going to be easy to push them aside. But they're still there and they still take away attention and they still draw energy that could really be used purposefully and constructively. So that's just my belief um, in that mm-hmm. space. That's very empowering, yeah. And then you spoke about the the inner journey. Um, So the inner journey for me is huge. And I believe it is is also one of the key elements to making sure that goals and chains and shifts don't just happen, but that they happen over a sustainable period of time. Um, So what do I mean by inner journey? And I'll just take it back a few levels. So... A lot of what we experience is influenced by two things, really, and it's our conscious and our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind, unbeknown to many of us, is something that it's like fertile soil. It's like an ongoing 24 by 7 logging mechanism that records every single experience, conversation, thought, belief in our lives. And... It influences our reality by 90%. Mm. Our conscious life, yeah, the conscious mind is only really something that is activated when we are aware of what we want and when we tap into that space. It's like, a you know, you log into a computer, you use it, you log off. Okay. Mm. But I think many of us underestimate the power of that subconscious mind. And until you learn to unpack those inner things, which is really what it is, (laughs) so what are the conversations that I've been having? Are they hindering me? Are they holding me back um are the beliefs that i have nurturing and inspiring or they're not um so all of those inner things that comprise for me of what that inner journey is so for example um say for example we have a belief 
that may have manifested itself over a long period of time from when we might have even been a little child that I'm not good enough. But for as long as that conversation sits in my head, anything that I possibly want to do differently or change until I own that conversation and make it become something that soothes me rather than hinders me, it's always going to be there. But I've got to see it. Yes, awareness. (laughs) Exactly, that's awareness. And so... So it's not just about the awareness, but it's about then taking conscious action to be more purposeful about shifting that conversation. Mm-hmm. It might also be something um, to do with the lines of, um, oh, I'm so afraid of change, which often happens when we make any change in our careers, in our relationships, etc. And so, again, that's the conversation that might have manifested itself over a period of time, over a number of experiences, 90% influencing my reality, my belief that change is not good, I'm really afraid of it. So then I don't step into that space because I've actually allowed myself to believe something that doesn't necessarily serve me. So until I see that for myself, I become more aware of it and I shift that conversation and I change it to be something different something that I would want as an alternative that's going to really energize and inspire and motivate me to make sure that what I want as a different outcome, it's just not going to happen. So I need to own all those things. And so that for me is that inner journey piece. And it's just, I mean, those are two out of a number of different elements. Another huge example for me are um, things which we call incompletions. Mm-hmm. So they might be um, unforgiven things of relationships, of friends, of parents, of siblings. But they hold attention, they hold energy, and they actually don't serve me well. It could be um, dreams that have not necessarily been fulfilled. It could be something as simple as I would love to dance, but I never ever thought that my body was sexy enough to dance. <laughs> well, mm. oh, another incompletion. So all these little things that we kind of put off and put off just become like this black void that all of a sudden we don't see anything else that might be possible. And um, it's really powerful. And, of course, the journey never ends. Mm-hmm. It's um, something that's ongoing. And all of a sudden you explore deeper and deeper and you think, oh, my goodness, you know, I've forgotten about that because it was seriously deep and I just allowed it to be banked for too long. Um, but, of course, the more and the more you own it and you do something with it and shift it to be something that soothes me rather than not, it's, um, yeah, it's just going to still be there. Take up space. <laughs> right, right. And w- with careers, yeah, I've just found the inner journey is just the biggest part. We think it's about just finding the right position and then I'll be happy. But if we, we take ourselves with us wherever we go, so if we haven't shifted these beliefs like you were talking about, they are with us in the next uh, phase of our journey too. They are, absolutely. And even if, I don't deal with them. <clears throat> you know, if I've decided that that's what I want to, to do or be, and I then start having conversations with people, if there's something that's holding me back or something that's drawing attention, reality is it's going to come through. And you won't be 100% inspiring or encouraging or motivated and motivate another person to really see you as being a possible candidate, recruit, or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and that is really, really important, you know. Yeah. Yeah, can't agree with you more, Sue. And and so in your bio, I heard this wonderful thing you said about your philosophy of a healthy body, mind, and soul. So I would love to ask you about, let's call it work-life balance. You know, some people say there's no such thing. Some say it's impossible. Um, 
what what is your take on work life balance? Is it even you know, does can can we have something like that? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yay. Of course, yay. And if I no, I wouldn't be true to my word. I think these are the one the most important thing for me, and it's such an interesting question that I'm asked over and over again. Isn't work life balance such a myth? And you know, one of the things that I that I often turn around and ask a person who does question that of me is, I just say, "Do you believe in work life balance?" So, what are the conversations that you are having about it? Because if I'm going to think that it's totally impossible, well, reality is that you'll never find it being possible. So it's that lovely Wayne Dyer um, quote of change the way you look at things and things you look at will change. I'm a great believer in that. So if my picture of work-life balance is that it's never, ever going to be achieved, it's just a myth, well, it's going to be that for you. Mm. However, if I shift that picture to say, wow, it's totally possible if I choose to make it possible for myself. And then the other thing that I think is really important about work-life balance is that your work-life balance and my work-life balance are two completely different things because our lives are different, we are different, our priorities are different, our values might be similar, but they also can be different. And I think that for as long as we're trying to mimic someone else's version of work-life balance, it's never going to become real. And we're constantly going to be striving towards achieving something that doesn't always make sense in our own lives 100%. Yes, certain elements of it could be, but not entirely because your life and your family, your makeup is all very, very different. So it's really taking a look at, so what does work-life balance look like for me as a human being? How does it complement all the things that are important for me? How much time do I choose to spend on all of them? And then making sure that things happen and are in place in order for that to become a reality. That for me is when work-life balance becomes a real life experience. Mm. Yes, I so love what you say that we can never try and uh, the minute we try and you use the word mimic or um, you know copy somebody else's version of that balance or of whatever, we're, we're just not going to be successful. So it's about defining our own success. Absolutely. And, yeah. And then committing to that and making it a reality by Absolutely. our actions. Yeah. And I think one of the tools that's often looked at when we look at work-life balance is also to look at how I use my time because that's kind of the fundamental, well, how do I manage my time effectively? You know, am I spending my time on the things that are really adding value or are they draining me? So all those kind of things. But um, I think for me, work-life balance is also around making sure that I have time to do something that energizes me because energy is something that I can manipulate and influence. I cannot change time. We all have 24 hours in our day, but it's what I do with that 24 hours and how I ensure that I'm energized enough to be able to do the things that are important to me and that are going to leave me fulfilled and motivated and inspired. That for me is what makes the difference, not necessarily the time, but the energy. Right. Right. So I want to tack on to that is, um, to ask you, Sue, so often, well, I've speak to so many people and it happens to me from time to time. We, we get to this place of, ugh, you know, I just don't have energy right now. I'm flat. I feel like I've got nothing to give. I'm not being productive at work because of that feeling. 
And I want to make a shift. I, I want to do something different here, but I don't know what to do or how to do it. Do you have some guidance for us around something like that? <laughs> sure, as much as I possibly can. Um, so, yeah, energy is um, its such a, an all-encompassing aspect of our lives. And, um, well, for me, energy and stress go hand in hand. So when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed, I'm more often not feeling energized. Mm. So it's often tapping in and looking at, so what is really causing me stress? Oh, okay. <laughs> and what are the things that I can be shifting or changing, removing from my life that's causing me unnecessary stress? So there are some things that I can change. I can make a decision to do something different, have conversations around who can support me, making sure that that happens. And there's some things that I wouldn't have absolutely no influence around changing. And I really, that fundamental essence of, you know, love it, leave it, change it. Mm. <laughs> so powerful. Then I have to leave it. And I really have to make a conscious decision to just leave those things that I have absolutely no influence about. Because for, for as long as I allow them to influence me, they're going to again drain the energy. That for me is fundamental. Mm. So, and I think... Um, that even if we make a small difference in the things where we can make a difference, the other things um, tend to lessen in their effect, the things that we cannot make a difference about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, focus your attention on what you really can focus your attention on. It's amazing the difference that it happens. And, of course, this isn't something that happens overnight. It's something that it takes a long period of time. And there might be simple little changes that you need to make not, you know, eat that great big elephant one chunk at a time, but it's about cutting it up in small little steps. You know, Mount Everest has never, ever climbed in a day. And, of course, people who train to climb that beautiful um, peak don't do it over a week. They take a long time to get to a place where they're even physically and mentally strong enough to be able to, um, you know, take that take on that challenge. So that's one element for me about energy. I think one of the other areas that I do believe are fundamental is um, how you're treating your physical being. So, And it's something that I incorporate in every single one of my training programs, my coaching um, interventions with one-on-one and group. You know, often when we think physical, my immediate assumption is that, oh, I've got to go to the gym, or I've got to now start running, and I hate running, and I hate cycling, or I hate swimming, or strength, whatever it might be. But, you know, physical could be so many different things. It could be the way I'm sitting at my desk every day when I'm working. It could be maybe not even, um, maybe not driving a car everywhere, choosing to walk those distances that might be less than two kilometers. Um, it's anything to do with the physical well-being of my body. You know, am I eating foods that are actually encouraging energy or am I actually feeding my body something that's making me a bit slothful, you know? Mm. Um, so that for me is also how we can enhance our energy. And there's a large amount of work, particularly in the nutrition space, um, you know, around low GI, sustainable energy, you know, eating for um, sustainable energy. So that for me is another element. Um, another uh, point for me is sleep. Mm. So many of us underestimate the importance of sleep. And that is not just about the hours that I uh, give my body to rest, but it's also around what I'm resting on. <laughs> so do I have a really good bed is oh. a good question. And you know that 93% of people need between seven and eight hours of sleep a day. Mm. And 
Yeah, and only 23% of people are, are, are able to achieve that. Wow, that is very important because I think we all, maybe as adults, look, there's times in our lives when we can't help it, like with little kids or animals or something, somebody who needs our care and we get too little sleep. But I think even when we don't have those demands, too many of us just don't go to bed early enough. Yeah, so that is a big one. And, you know, so many of um, the researches that are done with companies or organizations um, countries, you know, the U.S., they lose about $63 billion in productivity due to lack of sleep of um, employees in their environment. Wow. $63 billion is a huge amount. And you kind of think of what other impacts it have in other areas of people's lives. You know, I mean, that's just from, a, from an economical perspective. Most accidents are caused through people not having enough sleep. Um, so, you know, never underestimate how much we need it. And, you know, sometimes people think seven or eight hours, I have to get it over one chunk. Mm. Another area that actually influences our levels and ability to, en- to be energized is taking regular breaks. Okay. And it's a big practice that we um, encourage and teach in our mindfulness programs. And, you know, our typical reaction to life is that we've got to just keep going and life needs us and I've got to be the superhero 24 by 7 from noon to night and et cetera, et cetera. When in actual fact, science and research is now proving that if we oscillate and we have our peaks and we allow our mind and our body to rest, so 90% performance, 10% rest, that's what we need to do in order to make sure that we sustainably have energy that we can use purposefully and constructively. And um, so it's not this like singular line that just goes from point A to Z and that's it. You don't have any rest. It's not. We need to make sure that we allow ourselves time to rest. And you read the beautiful books from Steve Jobs and Jeff Weiner. He's, uh, you know, really Richard Branson, people who have been exceptionally successful businessmen. A lot of their lives and their schedules allowed time for rest where there was nothing in their diaries. So we must never, ever underestimate that importance of just allowing time to pause and just be. Mm. There's some people that I know that I've met who've chosen to take 10-minute naps during the day, (laughs) about three times a day. Some people I know, they walk down to their car, they put their seat back, (laughs) and they have a good snooze. And it's amazing how much more energy that they have when they go back to the office. It's just about allowing ourselves permission to do something that may be completely out of the norm. Absolutely. It's so great. I love the permission. So today, Sue gives everybody the permission (laughs) (laughs) Yes, to give yourself enough rest, those little breaks. Just it refreshes the brain. We can go at full power again instead of dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. Absolutely. Um, Sue, wow, this is fantastic. And now you touched on a point there about mindfulness, and that's one of my – sort of elements that I also bring into my career shift work is mindfulness. And I wonder if you can share with us what is mindfulness all about and is it effective? What does it do for us? Um, I would so love to hear. Mm, Sure. So actually, Liesl, I've touched on quite a few mindful practices um, in our conversation already, which is fantastic because it all shows that it all ties in so beautifully. So, and it's quite interesting because mindfulness has really been around for centuries. Hmm. It's just because of the emphasis that it's had from a leadership and development transformation space, how neuroscience has now proven the effects of mindfulness 
um, that has become such a publicly known topic today. Oh. Actual fact, it's been around for years. People have been practicing it. If you think of the monks, yes. they've been practicing mindful techniques for, for forever. But really, in a sense, mindfulness is just really the ability to be 100% present and available right now, non-judgmentally, in order for you to be 100% and for you to get 100%. So if you think of our lives really today, we're so busy and it's so, it's changing so rapidly and there's, you know, there's just pressures and, um, hardships and just so much going on around us that our minds become this buzz of data. Yes. <laughs> that we experience so much clutter that when we experiencing that inner clutter, reality is, is that it's, outwardly reflects our, on our lives, on the external environment and vice versa. Right. And so we really have to be quite conscious in choosing to be mindful because it's not a practice that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. But that really is in essence what it is. It's that 100% being present and available where I am at any given time without the clutter, without the judgment, preconceived ideas, etc. but just really be present and available to receive and to give. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and of course, with all the science that's gone on around it, um, you know, they've proven that, um, you know, mindfulness taps into brain cells continuing to develop and to, to form new habits, new thinking. So the more I'm mindful and practice mindful techniques, the more brain cells are developed. That's <laughs> good news. Are and of course, the better I'm able to make shifts and change. Oh. Just practicing mindfulness. And there's a beautiful book by a guy called Kevin Cashman and it's called The Pause Principle. And it speaks a lot around the mindfulness principles as well. And his, his essence is, is that, um, pause is to leadership and transformation as sleep is to the brain. The one cannot function without the other. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that really is for me, it's really about choosing to be Focus. Daniel Goleman, he's the author of Emotional Intelligence. He just wrote a book about a year or two ago called Focus and the Power of Focus and how organizations who are allowing people to be more focused and to pay attention on one task and activity at a time are far more productive and engaged than when they're given too much to do over the same period of time or even a longer period of time. But just that ability to be focused and present right now for where you need to be, add so much more value than trying to be lots and do lots mm. in one particular time. So, um, you know, that is is part of the mindfulness um, theory as well. And um, interesting that uh, your companies like Google and Facebook and Apple, you know, we know that they face lots of change all the time. I mean, that industry is just so fast moving. <laughs> And, you know, one minute you think that you've got it right and the next day someone else has come up with something and so you having to seriously be adaptive and resilient and manage change. But they've recently implemented mindfulness techniques for their employees and they reckon that the ability of the employees to remain engaged, purposeful, productive, embrace the change, continue to be resilient is far greater now putting these mindfulness techniques in practice in the organizations and giving them permission to do so than if they hadn't. 
that is very empower, um, empowering for each of us to really take that in on a deep level. It's not just about, you know, sitting legs crossed in the Zen position and, you know, looking spiritual. It's really, it has practical effects in our lives that can help us to be resilient and manage change. Because like you say, Sue, it's everywhere. We all need to be so adaptive and there's too much going on. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, and you talk about meditation. So meditation is one of the mindfulness techniques. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is not meditation. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness is such a big picture. Um, you know, but that meditation enables one to calm the mind, to look at what's happening and you be the observer of what's happening around you as opposed to everything around you being you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very powerful practice, I must say. I know lots of people kind of look at it funny, but it really does have value. Yes, and like you say, there's so many books now being written about it in a, in a way that the layman or the person who's never heard about it can really take it in and it's practical and easy to understand. There's one called search inside yourself from the person who teaches mindfulness at Google. So, and then we will put all these books that we mentioned in our conversation on the show notes page, because it's very valuable to be able to go back and read them and mindfully and slowly and and take them in. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, if we're thinking about career transition <clears throat> and what I spoke about earlier and just putting your picture out there and being committed, taking responsibility, doing what needs to happen in order for, to make it take place, um, just being mindful and decreasing the clutter, it's absolutely incredible how much more open you are to possibilities that may stand in your way. Mm. So wow. consider that as a possibility is that the more mindful I am, the more opportunities I'll be able to see. Oh, that is very, very um, attractive. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We will definitely have that quote on your page, Sue. That is fantastic. (laughs) So I don't know where the time goes, but I'm going to ask you to please share with us if people want to get in contact with you, how can they do that? How can they contact me? Mm. Yeah, sure. So um, there are a number of ways. Um, I, you know, have my own website, um, www.flow um, forward slash coaching. So that's available. I'm available on Skype, um, sue.schroeder1, and I have a LinkedIn page. You may connect with me on Facebook if you choose, but I really do choose to utilize that as a personal platform and you're more than welcome to see who I am because it's never different. My Who I am personally and professionally you go hand in hand. Um, yeah, so my email address is sue at flow and of course the flow is spelled P-H-L-O um, dot coza and um, yeah, so there's just a number of different ways. Um, you'll find me, Sue, S-U-E, and my surname Schroeder spelled S-C-H-R-E-U-D-E-R. <laughs> Unusual, I know. Yes, yes, German uh, descent Dutch, or something. Dutch, yeah. oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Going me. back to our no. European, <laughs> your husband. Uh, Okay, and to our listeners, of course, everything will be on the show notes page. You'll be able to click through very easily, but I know some people are only listening and they would have loved to know how to contact Sue. So, um, Sue, this has just been so packed full of wonderful information that we can go and put into practice. And one last little thing is, is there any last thought from your side 
a little bit of wisdom or one last thought about making career transition or anything that can help us in our lives today? Yeah, so my my wish is really just to remember that wherever we go and whatever we do, our thoughts are creating our reality. Mm. And uh, just to remember that to change our external conditions, it's important to make sure that we also look at what's happening internally. Because if we only try to change what's happening on the outside, the chances are it's not going to be sustainable. Mm. Very, very wise words to end with. Thank you so much for that. And Sue, it's been brilliant. Thank you for connecting, for being with us and sharing this wonderful wisdom with us today. Liesl, it's been my privilege and pleasure. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today and being with us. If you want to hear more words of wisdom about making a career change mindfully, you can go to SavvySelfGrowth.com for articles and other interviews and, of course, the show notes of Sue's episode today. Remember, a fulfilling career is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart. It may take a little bit of time, like Sue spoke about today, that inner journey. That is where it starts. We need to do the inner work. And if we do that, the rewards are just so worthwhile. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For other inspiring guests and articles on career change and the notes of today's show, be sure to visit SavvySelfGrowth.com. Download your free gift while you're there. Thank you for sharing this show with a friend. Remember, a mindful career transition is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart.